More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life. And our topic today is I Can't Hear You as we talk about miscommunication and how it's affecting your relationships. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to Life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life, and I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And today our show is titled, I Can't Hear You, as we talk about miscommunication. Are you and someone you care about struggling to see eye to eye? Maybe you're having a hard time getting someone to take you seriously when you've tried to address a problem or bring up a concern. Or maybe just miscommunication is causing conflict or confusion between you and someone in your life. Whatever the situation is, let us help you create communion through better communication. The number is 877-573-7825. Who are you having conflict with? Let us help you find answers and peace. Again, that number, 877 Five seven three seven eight two five. Or maybe you wish you just couldn't hear them anymore. You're just <laughs> tired of the topics. You're tired of their whatever it is that's irritating you. You know, sometimes it's us that really want to be heard, and we get stonewalled or argued with or ignored or everything escalates, and we never get to the actual problem solving because we drudge up everything that's ever happened since the moment we ever met this person. And sometimes it's them and the way they approach you and you just don't want to do it anymore. No matter what it is, our inability to communicate and problem solve well together is a burden. It's a really big burden that puts things in our lives out of whack, keeps us from living, as you were saying, Greg, in real communion, the communion we're called to by God with others and can really do harm to our mental health our relational health and our ability to hear the Holy Spirit because we get so tangled up in the miscommunication and all the feelings that come with that and if you're just tired of that if you want to be able to solve those situations with that person if you need better ways to deal with it because the ways you've been using haven't been working real well We're here for you today on More to Life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. Um, And for folks who aren't aware, the Theology of the Body was a series of reflections that St. John Paul did on what it means to be a Christian disciple in the modern world and 
how we can discover God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by prayerfully contemplating God's design of our body. And the theology of the body reminds us that the most important way that we can all build that kingdom of God is to create communities of love out of the relationships we have with all the people in our lives. One of the lessons we all need to learn to accomplish this goal is how to manage conflict and tension and differences of opinion gracefully. Humility is the virtue that makes us open to the experience of others, even others we disagree with vehemently. Each of us has a story that deserves to be heard. Each of us is wounded in a way that deserves to be respected. The positions we hold, the choices we make, and the attitudes that we hold are rooted in those stories and wounds. We can't hope to build a relationship with another person, much less change their minds, if we aren't willing to take the time that's necessary to understand how they got to where they are. Listening and empathizing are the two most important tools in addressing conflict gracefully. Now, as challenging as that can be, you know, we need to make sure that we're not just doing what comes naturally when it comes to managing conflict. You know, instead, we need to invite God to be the mediator of all of our disagreements and tensions, being intentional about asking what virtues we might need to practice in a particular conflict or disagreement in order to have more productive discussions and working hard to really listen to each other rather than reacting to each other. We need to remember that as Catholics especially, we're not called to just be loving when things are going well, but to be loving and accept the mutual growth God's calling us to even in the face of those disagreements. Now, you know, again, that doesn't mean tolerating abuse. It doesn't mean putting up with disrespect, but it does mean dealing with those kinds of offenses charitably um, and in a way that works for your good, for the good of the other person, and for the ultimate good of your relationship as well. So let's talk about that. How do we manage these disagreements, miscommunications, these um, breakdowns? in communication between you and another person, the conflicts that come up. If you and someone you care about are struggling to see eye to eye, if you're experiencing conflict with someone in your life, if you're having a hard time to get, getting them to take you seriously, or if miscommunication is causing tension between you and someone you care about, let's talk it out and find answers at 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 7825. Well, I know there are a number of you out there kind of gagging right now, saying, oh, that just sounds like a panacea. You don't know what it's really like to live with my adult child, my spouse, my in-laws, my sister, you name it, that person that you have tried, and it's just not working. And you're thinking, we're just throwing around hearts and flowers. No. Communication and building communion with another person is hard. It was trying for the disciples and that the fathers of the church often had a hard time communicating well. And now in a time where we can fly words back and forth to each other in milliseconds and they can be taken all wrong, it gets even worse. Heap upon that any history you have with that fellow human being and it can get really, really 
difficult and you can just feel at the end of your rope we're so overwhelmed by the anger or the despair or the frustration of it all that when you hear build a communion of love through communication you just want to throw up your hands and be done with the whole thing if you're feeling like that if the frustration is getting to you if you think there is no hope for this don't even tell me there is now's the time to give us a call we can help you with new skills we can help you surprise that other person with some ways to heal the relationship and communicate your real needs effectively give us a call at 877 573-7825. Show today again is titled, I Can't Hear You, as we talk about conflict, miscommunication, and breakdowns in conversations. The number is 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord. Mm -hmm. We'll start taking your calls and questions here on More to Life. In the name of the Father, Father, and and the the Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we thank you for this opportunity to spend this time with you. And we ask you, Lord, for the grace that we need to respond to conflict, disagreements, and tension in our relationships more effectively. Help us to know how to create communion through better communication. Help us to know how to respond to offenses gracefully, but in ways that work for the ultimate good of the relationship, that enable us to address those offenses, heal those wounds, overcome those obstacles to being able to see eye to eye and take care of each other even when we disagree. Help us, Lord, to be able to break through those barriers that separate us from the people that we care about and create the communion that you call us to. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And in the, in the name, name of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the topic is I Can't Hear You, as we talk about dealing with miscommunication and the conflict that often arises when we don't see eye to eye with the people that we care about. It's particularly frustrating when, for example, we're talking with, with people who are close to us and, for example, our values don't match up. You know, we, we have different political views, different uh, views about moral issues, different views about faith. Um, but it also, of course, breaks down when it comes to discussing things like you know, responsibilities. Who, whose job is it to do this, to help take care of that? Whose job is it to you know, manage this for you know, my aging parent? Who's, uh, how, do we, how do we handle this disagreement about this upcoming family reunion? Uh, you know, those are just some basic examples. But you know, whatever those disagreements are, there are ways to handle them that lead to greater peace uh, and understanding and there are ways to handle them that pour gas on the fire so let's talk about how to handle those situations in a way that allows us to build better communion through better communication 877-573-7825 again that number is 877-573-7825 Let's talk now with Mary Beth, who's listening to EWTN Radio in South Carolina on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Mary Beth. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Thank you uh, for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I have a lovely daughter-in-law that I I truly love. 
she is mother of all my grandchildren, all four of them. Um, she and my son were married in a Catholic ceremony. My son was raised Catholic. She was as well with a little bit of Pentecostal thrown in there or something. But they had um, a beautiful wedding, and all the children are baptized. I love them dearly. I live in South Carolina. They live in Michigan. So we see them occasionally, or frequently, actually, but it's a trek either way. I, and I love my son. We are going to spend some time with them shortly. And um, we have had a discussion about why they left the Catholic faith about five, six years ago. And it seems to hinge around the point that everyone in my daughter-in-law's estimation has a has a right or a, a anyway to take advantage of being loved by someone else no matter if it's a, a homosexual relationship or a lesbian relationship at any well let me just clarify everyone has a right to be loved every but everyone doesn't have a right to have sex with everybody else that that's that's a distinction that's important to make but anyway i I understand what you're saying go on and i said even against natural law my dear uh, yes Uh, and there's nothing else you can say to me or show me or give me Mm -hmm. to read or any other kind of thing you can do to change my mind. I do not want to discuss it and that I will not belong to any organization organization that uh, rejects this right or this. Okay. Okay. So what can we do for you? How can we help you out today? I want, I'm going to spend some time with them and I'm looking for an opportunity to say, um, Tell me again, why is it that you have uh, left the practice of your faith, practice of Catholic faith? Tell me again, and and just listen to what... Well, I mean, she's already told you the answer to that, so I guess, where, where are you trying to go with it? I mean, I, I, I have a sense of what you're trying to do, but I, I'd like to kind of help you clarify this. So, so what, what is it that you're hoping to accomplish by, by raising the topic again? Saying that... Um, the sacrament of marriage has supplied you and and my son with a, a wonderful family that they love their family they spend lots of time together um that you you got through all the rough spots and there were a, a lot of rough spots um just you know just having children and just going through all of the growing pains and all of it and they stayed together you know, despite all of that, do they feel that they're? Um, and you're saying you're saying that marriage helped that 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 their faith helped them do that. Do they see it that way, yes. though? No, not now. I mean, not now. No one goes to mass. No one goes. To no, no. What I'm saying, what, what I'm saying, you're 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 trying to make the case that their faith got them through all those trials, and I yes. I guess, but but they don't see it that way, right? No, not anymore. Or maybe I could bring it up. To- no, no. I, I, when you're saying not anymore, I'm saying never. They didn't rely on their faith to get through those trials. So this is this is a no-win argument for you, right? I, and I know that's hard. That's hard. look, that's hard for me to say, and it's hard for you to hear, because I want them to be faithful. Oh, definitely. But they they the as far as they're concerned, their faith didn't show up for them in those struggles. They got through it on their own, or they got through it with, through the support of other something else. But for whatever reason, they don't—they don't believe that the church was there for them through those struggles. 
And so saying to them, you know, your your you know, the grace of marriage got you through this is nonsense to them. Because I mean, they, you can see it. You can see that the hand of God moved and gave them grace, even though they have they're blinded to that. So saying it isn't going to remove those blinders. So, um, you know, you, you're you're. What you're really looking at here, okay, in the long term is is how can you more effectively witness to them about what the truth of the church really is? Um, But that's going to be a long-term thing, and it's going to involve, you know, you continuing to lift them up in prayer. Um, I, I, and there's more that we can get into on the call, but we talk more about this in the book, how, how having meaningful, sometimes difficult conversations with adult sons and daughters. Um, and you're on the right track in the sense of, of needing to listen to kind of where they're at in their faith journey. But I, I wouldn't make it specifically about this issue. And here's why. Because, you know, there's something called the hierarchy of truths in, in theology. And, and that doesn't mean that some things are more true than others. It means some truths are more foundational than others. In other words, you've you got to learn how to add 2 plus 2 before you know how to do algebra. Right. I mean, there, there, it doesn't mean that algebra is less true than basic addition. It just means you got to do X before you can do Y. Well, the same thing is true in theology. You know, you, you, in, in order, for example, to accept the idea that, um, uh, you know, that, 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 that marriage is meant for a man and a woman, you first have to accept the idea that Christ came to give us a new vision of love in the new commandment that he gave you where he says, love one another as I have loved you. You have to, you have to accept that, that Christ was, was teaching a different version of love than the world can give us. And they don't accept that. They, 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 they take they all the world's... They probably don't even really know that. You know, and so there are a lot of fundamental truths about the faith that they don't understand. Uh, like many Catholics, they got the idea that going to church was enough. Uh, they didn't really ever become disciples of Christ. Maybe they were fans of Jesus, but they weren't disciples of Jesus. And they didn't really understand that uh, living a Christian life was a call to a particular vision of Christian love. Uh, and so they, they've, they've left all that behind. So, you know, we, we've got to start with a more foundational conversation about kind of where are they at spiritually? Where are they at in relationship to to God, how do they relate to Him? Where you know are they are they worshiping anywhere? You know, so there's a, there's a lot of other stuff here that that I would need to get into with you to kind of sh- to help clarify where to start this conversation. But my my point is, you don't want to start it here. No, and the book will help with knowing how to do that in in, in much more um, detail than we have time yeah. to address here. My caution to you, Mary Beth, is as you go into this. I want you to be asking God and yourself every time you have a conversation with them, am I treating this as a project or am I treating them as people that I love? Because we can get kind of like a dog with a bone where it's like, okay, I've got this visit to convince them of X, Y, and Z, whatever those things are, and they're probably myriad here. If you start to feel that way about it, you're going to hunker down on that bone and you're not going to care about the relationship with them enough to be a real witness over the long haul here. So make sure you're not treating them as a project, but people that you truly love. That will give you the time over your lifetime to be that greater witness and tease this out better. All right, Mary Beth, and again, as a follow-up, I'd like for you to pick up a copy of the book, Having Meaningful, Sometimes Difficult Conversations with Our Adult Sons and Daughters. It's available on catholiccounselors.com or wherever books are sold. And for anybody who's listening right now and maybe screaming at the radio, why didn't you just tell her to say this? Again, I, 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 I want her you know, son and daughter-in-law to be faithful, and I want them to get the concept. understand all of it, yeah. But you, you really can't go up to somebody who doesn't know basic addition and start talking to them about algebra. And that's really what this conversation is. Mary Beth is kind of assuming, 
uh, a lot of things that, that they don't believe to be true and starting the conversation about 20 paces ahead of where they actually are. She's going to have to back way up to figure out where they are spiritually, uh, where they are morally, where they are in terms of their worldview, and prayerfully lead them step by step to where they need to be as opposed to assuming that they are where she wants them to be and saying, why don't you get it? So it's just a different approach that you need to take. And, and again, we walk through all that in having meaningful, sometimes difficult conversations with our adult sons and daughters. When we come back, we'll be continuing to take your calls about dealing with conflict on More to Life at 877-573-7825. We'll also be joined by Damon Owens of joyfuleverafter.org. Stick around. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plan, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. I'll tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to seatonhome.org. That is seatonhome.org. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And today our show is about miscommunication on our show titled, I Can't Hear You. Give us a call. Let's talk about those miscommunications and conflicts in your life at 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. Joining us right now, Damon Owens of JoyfulEverAfter.org. Hey, Damon, welcome more to life. Thank you, Greg and Lisa. Good to talk to you guys. You know, we were talking earlier about the idea that God is calling us to facilitate better communion through communication. Uh, what can the theology of the body teach us about that? Yeah, this is such a beautiful topic. I'm glad you're you're in this. A um, couple of couple of ideas to throw out. Um, one, communication versus communion. Um, helpful is to understand communication, whether it's verbal, nonverbal, or the skills that we learn, is very objective. You know, it's things that we do, uh, and we have different purposes for why we communicate, but it's an ob- objective reality. Communion is what we call subjective. 
it's very personal. It's a subject, an I, connecting with another person. So when we speak of a communication, it's a means to communion, but it's not a guarantee. So you can communicate things without necessarily seeking communion with another person. It's what our, our faith calls a telos, T-E-L-O-S. Telos just means end. It's an ultimate end. The end is communion. And as Christians and Catholics, it's the telos. Our whole life is about communion with God and with one another. Love the Lord God with all of your heart, your mind, your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. But we can communicate, as I said, without seeking communion. But we can't achieve communion without some form of communication. So there's a dependency or a hierarchy, as you said earlier. And the end, or that telos of communion, it also shapes how we communicate. It, should, it shapes when we communicate, where we communicate, how we communicate. So, so I just want to jump in for a second because I, I want to clarify something. Because it, it, it sounds to me like what you're really saying here is that we can get caught up sometimes in saying things for the sake of saying things, but not focus instead on what is the point of this conversation? What is How, how can I have the conversation that actually leads to communion? And that we can't, sati- we can't be satisfied with just having said stuff unless the things that we said actually led to some kind of greater connection with the other person. That's exactly right. And what's, what's hugely important about that is it shapes everything. And it allows us to withhold some things. It allows us to be bold in saying at other times. If the goal, that tale is that end, is communion, real union with one another, then we have a patience. We have a hope. We have a, a certain faith that we're not alone in this that God wants this communion, that he'll provide opportunity, words, encounter, opening up their hearts, their receptivity. All these things, by having that end of communion, it changes the way we communicate. And it also makes us distinctive from the world that may give us good communication skills, but if they're not ordered toward that end, it really doesn't serve them or ourselves. Well, Damon, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, and I want to thank you for your ministry at joyfuloverafter.org. It's a powerful marriage ministry, and if folks would like to learn more about what you do, I'd encourage them to go to your website. Again, it's joyfuloverafter.org. God bless you, sir. Thank you, guys. Bless you, guys. And we're taking your calls about managing conflict and dealing with confusion and communication breakdowns here at 877-573-7825, building on what Damon was just saying. You know, we, we have to avoid that trap of saying, well, I told them, mm-hmm. you know, I, I said the things. I said these things and now they just have to do them. And what do you mean they're not doing them? And that's when it you gets know, crazy. Saying things isn't enough. Um, it, it, we have to make sure that the things we say actually led to real communion, real, a real plan, uh, real uh, action steps for what we're going to do together next to address that problem or, or heal that wound or create that connection. It's not enough to just say words. We have to say words that actually make those connections. Let us help you do that today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls right after this. Are mobile phones dangerous? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Our phones have become an extension of our physical bodies, and they emit radiation. Where you routinely place, hold, or store your phone on your body is critical. Energy emitted from radio frequency exposure can be absorbed by the body and potentially harmful. 
Apple recommends customers using its latest iPhones try the hands-free options like built-in speaker phones and headphones to reduce exposure. Android-type phones top the list of phones giving off the most radiation. Keep all brands of phones away from your ear and head when possible. Men should store a phone in a pant pocket. Women should keep their phone in a purse, pant pocket, but not in their bra. I didn't know this was a thing. Practice social distancing from phones. Like fasting from food, maybe it's time for a digital detox. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. As a Catholic dad, I know how frustrating parenting can be, but it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert support with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along with each other and love the Lord, downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, a supportive community of faithful Catholic parents, and tons of other benefits, like my Beatitudes podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. And you're listening to the best of More to Life. Hi, this is Dr. Greg Popchak. Discipline is a difficult question to navigate in today's culture. Many parents don't like the idea of corporal punishment, but fear spoiling their children as well. Luckily, the church has long provided guidance for parents on this subject. In fact, some well-known saints have specifically preached against corporal punishment. St. John Chrysostom wrote, Accustom your children not to be trained by the rod, for when he feels it, he will learn to despise it. And when he has learned to despise it, he has reduced your system to naught. St. John Bosco wrote, Force indeed punishes the guilt, but does not heal the guilty. To strike a child in any way must be avoided. Psychology, brain science, and our Catholic faith agree that parents should assume the best, gently correct the wrongdoing, and redirect the child toward more positive behavior. Avoiding force will continue a relationship of trust and mutual respect between you and your child. For more guidance on Catholic parenting, visit moretoliferadio.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today our show is titled I Can't Hear You as we talk about miscommunication, conflicts, breakdowns in conversations. If you and someone you care about are struggling to see eye to eye, if you're having a hard time getting someone to take you seriously, or if miscommunication is causing conflict and tension or confusion between you and someone in your life, let us help you create communion through better communication. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. We're talking now with Melissa, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Montana on Sirius XM one thirty. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to More to Life. What's going Hi. on? Good morning. I was just wondering about communication with my husband. Uh, okay. We've been married almost ni- nineteen years, and 
I mean, we just, we cannot communicate. It's just fighting all the time. Oh, dear. And so what happens? Give me an example of the situation, maybe, and how does it start to break down? Oh, just, I think it's just happened over the years where just walls have been put up of defensiveness on both of us, and we just constantly hurt each other with whatever we say or however we react to anything, you know, and I can't think of a specific example off the top of my head, but just, you know, <laughs> it's just very trying. And, um, yeah, just honestly having conversations is just really not possible. We just can't do it without ending in a huge blow up. And what have you tried and to do to address that? Uh, we just try and talk through it. I mean, we blow up. We have the blow up. But you don't have the skills to make it work, right? So how, how have you have you tried to get any new skills in any way? Are you reading anything, doing any oh, kind we've of... Gone to, we've gone to couples counseling. We've gone to and done different So things. what happens yeah. there? What, what, why, uh, if you've gone to it, what, what, what hasn't worked? Why, why hasn't it worked? Um, well, it just... We couldn't find somebody that really fit us, I guess, too. And well, I'm not sure what that means. The, um, I guess that we live in a small town, so mm -hmm. there really aren't a lot of options. Okay, <laughs> sure, you're, you're in Montana. We understand. Well, right. <laughs> it's yeah, a little I mean, rougher. Yeah, actually in one. Well, we live one of, in one of the larger cities, but there there are yeah. not Christ or Catholic counselors okay. or anything sure. like that. And my husband, he just does not. I don't know. Words are not for him. It's actions. And I mean, I understand that. I just. I, I don't understand um, that. What does that mean? Uh, in, in terms of the, the complaint you're making here, like what, 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 how does that relate here? Uh, <clears throat> just that um, having somebody help with saying words, like he needs to see the outcome of that. He needs to see the change. And it's. That, uh, I mean, somebody, that doesn't really make any good, sense. I mean, a really good <laughs> therapist will, will be able to see that in him and be able to say, okay, let's do this in a way that we're, we're moving toward a solution-focused process so he can see the steps he needs to take. He's not just you know, marinating in feelings well, that he's not comfortable with. You know, and, and, and you and your husband need to make the change. The therapist can't show you the change. You, you're going to have to do the work to make the but change. But they can give you a good plan um, and formulate that with you. So what I'm hearing you say about the counseling is that, that, that your husband kind of got you know, demoralized by, uh, you know, not understanding how needing to speak differently or learn to communicate differently would make any difference. And so you guys just kind of quit. So let me, let me, you know, if, if that's the case, then I'm, I'm just going to encourage you that, that uh, you need to stick with that because uh, that's how you learn to do something differently. And, and I would say, you know, just if one or the other of you, you know, if your husband doesn't want to continue, you need to keep going and saying, look, I'm going to continue going and working on this relationship uh, and you need to be there too. Uh, because we're not going to get any better just doing what we always do. I have to say that, you know, this is very typical in any kind of therapeutic situation, be it, be it a mental health situation or a physical situation. So I want to switch this up for you to something your husband may understand a little bit better. If he hurt himself in some way and he needed to go to physical therapy, you know, I've done physical therapy. Those those first weeks of learning to readjust to bearing weight or, or moving, you know, something that's been damaged or hurt, those are rough times. And it's very easy to be able to say, 
nah, I'll just live with a limp. I don't want to go through this. This is too hard. This is never going to work. We get in our heads even about physical therapy. When we get into therapy for a relationship or communication or whatever that is, it can feel very much the same way where we're saying this is this is really rough and it's never going to be effective so why bother it's not that bad I'll just live with it and that seems to be the mindset that you guys have kind of hit as you've had a, a bit of discomfort in learning new skills so I can tell you exactly what the problem is and I can even tell you what to do about it but you're going to need help getting there okay so there are four stages of marital collapse this is the research by John Gottman um, and the first stage is criticism, second stage is defensiveness, third stage is contempt, and the fourth stage is stonewalling. Criticism is where, you know, instead of coming to the other person and saying, hey, look, you know, I have this problem, I'd like your help in working, working through this, you say, I can't believe you did that again. And you pick on each other, right? Then when you get, when, and everybody criticizes from time to time, but when it becomes habitual, then that leads to the second stage of defensiveness, where now, before you even say anything, or, or even, even if you're not saying something to me, I get defensive. So I hear my wife in the other room say, where do, where do the keys go? I can't, and I pipe up from the other room, I didn't take the keys, don't look at me, why are you talking to me like that? Like, she's not even talking to me, right? But I'm already in the habit of being criticized, and so now I'm being defensive. The next stage is contempt. Once we're used to being defensive with each other, then we want to preempt the attack, right? I want to get you before you get me. So now I'm just walking around looking for things to pick on you about, okay? And we get into that habit of being contemptuous with each other. And then the fourth stage is stonewalling. There's no point in talking to each other because we know it's going to be end badly. So we don't, even, we don't even bring anything up. Couples who get to that contempt stage, 95% of those couples will divorce within five years. So it's absolutely critical to get help to learn new skills in order to prevent that. Now, the other the way that you start to change that is by changing the positive to negative ratio in the rest of the relationship. In healthy relationships, there is a 20 to 1 ratio of positive to negative interactions throughout the day, not when you're in conflict, but when you're just going through the day. 20, you, couple, healthy couples look for little ways they can make each other's lives easier and more pleasant all day long they 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 just it, the the smile that you give each other when you look at each other the the offering hey can i get you a cup of coffee can i get you a drink can i do this thing for you what can i do to make your day a little easier and more pleasant those little things that we do to try to build up that rapport um that that says i'm not out to get you i'm your friend i'm not i'm not your enemy i'm, I'm on your side uh, those same healthy couples in conflict maintain a five-to-one ratio of positive to negative interactions, where even when they're disagreeing with each other, they, they do the little things like, hey, thanks for hanging in there with me. Or, hey, you know, I really do love you. Uh, hey, let, you know what, let's, let's, let's take a second and pray about this. Or, hey, you know what, I'm, my throat's kind of dry. Can I, I'm going to get a drink. Can I get you something? And then we'll come back and keep talking about this. They find little ways to try to say, even though we don't see eye to eye, we're still trying to take care of each other. You guys have lost all of that. Okay, And in order to change your communication, you're going to have to increase that positivity to negativity ratio outside of conflict and do much more caretaking in conflict uh, in those disagreements. We talk about this in my book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. Uh, there are several habits in there that I think will be tremendously helpful for you. I would really encourage you and your husband to sit down and go through the book together and start doing those exercises. But I don't think you're going to be able to do it on your own. After 19 years of kind of having ingrained unhealthy communication habits, you're going to need to seek some good professional 
uh, marital therapy. And if you can work with somebody locally, great. If not, you can't find somebody locally, then we work with us through the Catholic through CatholicCounselors.com. This is the process that we use. Uh, everything I describe in How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love, we can coach you through and get you to the place you need to be. To be Th- clear, that's done over the telephone or virtually. So you can be in Montana. You can even be in two different places from your spouse and still be able to get the very faithful help that you need. So the, 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 the key here, is, though, Melissa, is... or the key takeaway is this marriage can be saved. There's there's absolutely no reason you guys couldn't work this out. As long as you recognize that the problem isn't each other, the problem is that neither of you has the skills that you need to make it work. And you need to make a commitment to getting those skills by doing reading together about resources like what I recommended and how to how to heal your marriage, getting sticking with good counseling that will help you get there and really make those changes. But Ninety percent of couples who are in your situation who get the appropriate kind of help save their relationships. That, that, that's not an estimation. That's actual research. So you work with a good marriage-friendly therapist, 90 percent of couples like you will save the relationship. But if you keep going the way you are, the odds are within five years you're not going to make it. All right. So that this is a critical juncture in your relationship where you need to make a decision to do the work to save it. And I hope that you'll make that decision because the resources are there to make this work. God bless you, Melissa. Again, those resources, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love, available at CatholicCounselors.com. And if you're struggling to find somebody to work with as a good marriage and family therapist, especially a Catholic one, you can reach out to us again at CatholicCounselors.com, and we'll hook you up. Thanks for the call. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. We're talking with you about managing conflict in your relationships. And as we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you've gained your brother. What I like about this scripture is that, you know, in talking with my clients a lot, and even you know, us taking calls in the air here, you know, we'll ask, have you talked to the person about this? Oh, no, I didn't want to make a fuss. And I did. I felt it would, you know, I didn't want to cause conflict. You know, blessed are the peacemakers, you know. Or <laughs> even they'll say, well, I've talked to a lot of people to get their advice. But no, I haven't talked to them directly. But but scripture is giving us permission to go and tell the other person what they did. Go and tell him his fault. It's OK to go to the other person and say, hey, you hurt me. We need to fix this. Hey, this is a problem. We need to address this. The first step in resolving conflict is being honest, being charitable, but being honest with the person who hurt you about what they did and what you need to make it right again. So have the courage to have those conversations. More to Life will continue with your calls about managing conflict right after the break. EWTN is everywhere. EWTN radio programming is provided free of charge to over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio stations. It's a great teaching tool for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. For a complete list of EWTN AM and FM stations across America, visit EWTNradio.net. At the bottom of the page, click Affiliates. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. 
go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thanks for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and we're talking about managing conflict today on More to Life. Give us a call. Let's help you get to the place where you can see eye to eye with the people you're disagreeing with. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Sharon, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. Yeah, so... I'm pretty sure everybody deals with family conflict. <laughs> yes. When I'm trying to, yeah, trying to bring something to my family, they'll say, like, oh, that never happened, or they'll change, like, the events it feels like, mm-hmm. and then I get so angry, because in my opinion, I feel like, oh, my gosh, you're lying. Tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And and then they're like, calm down, which is mm-hmm. totally true, but I I don't know how to, like, navigate my own emotions when it feels like you're trying to get a better picture of reality on both sides. Well, good for you for being so insightful that, you know, you can say, well, maybe there's something I can do here. Maybe I can control my emotions. Maybe there's an answer to this. When you really feel like your reality is being shifted, when you really feel like you can't trust them. Those are the feelings that generally come out of that kind of situation in a relationship. Before I offer some thoughts, I actually do have one other question for you, Sharon. So is there, can you give an example of the kind of situation that you're trying to address and, and why you're trying to address it? Like, what, what's your goal? Yeah, so my goal, I guess, is to get to the, I guess, quote-unquote truth. But sometimes that feels like a little bit objective. Like, uh, there was some party supplies and they went missing and I was like, hey, the party supplies are supposed to be at your house. And the first thing they did was, no, they're in at your house in your car. And I was like, and then I got angry. I'm like, well, you were cleaning and you probably threw it somewhere. And then it turned out it was in this person's so, house. So it- Okay, so but in that situation though, the 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 your your objective there was to figure out where the party supplies are, or or where, you know where the supplies were for the party. Okay, good. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at, right? So so here's the thing. In general, no one's ever really going to agree on what actually happened, 
and especially if you've got somebody who's maybe a little more defensive naturally, they're they're particularly not going to agree on what happened. Uh, and the good news is it doesn't matter. Now, now this is kind of shocking for a lot of people because um, I, I deal with this in marriage counseling all the time where, you know, one spouse will say, well, this is what happened. And say, that's not true at all. You're the one who said this and you're the one. That's not true. Why are you lying to the therapist? And then they quit therapy because they can't be honest with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't matter what actually happened. What, the only thing that matters is that people can agree that they don't like what happened, whatever it was. If I can get two people to say, well, you know, we don't agree on what happened, but we know it was a disaster. Great. That's all we need to agree on. Because the next time, we can talk about how to handle it better. We can say, you know what? We don't necessarily agree on what happened last time, but we can recognize that there's this problem coming up, and we want to handle it better. So what do we need to do ahead of time to script out a better response to that situation moving forward? So in this situation, instead of arguing about who actually had the party supplies, who actually lost the party supplies, being able to step back and say, well, look, the bottom line is, I don't know where they are. They're not in my house. I can't find them. You're saying you can't find them. So we need party supplies for this party that's coming up. What do you want to do about that? And then you just stop. And at that point, maybe they say, well, I'll check around in my house one more time, I guess. Right? But, but if, you, if, you're, if you're trying to convince the other person it's their fault, you're always going to get a defensive response to it. Uh, and and even, even on the best of circumstances, like Lisa and I never agree on, on who started the argument or whose fault it was. We see it completely differently. Because we're human, and every human does that. And we're not we lying. We have our own interpretation. We're not lying. We just literally see it completely differently. And that's okay. The only thing we have to agree on is that we don't like what happened, and we want to do better next time. Or in your case, what's happening in the moment. So how do we, how do we stick to the topic of... How do we get the party supplies that we need? You know, you can say, okay, I'm telling you, they're not in my car. Here's the picture of my car. They're not here. So what are we going to do to get the party supplies we need? Keep the person on the task. When, when we start arguing about who's right, who's wrong, who saw it correctly, we bring in so much of our past woundedness. It's, it's saying, you don't, you don't you know, affirm me, you think you're better than me, you're criticizing me, all of those horrible feelings. If we can shut the door on those feelings and just say, this is the situation, this is what we have to deal with right now, or this is how we want to deal with it in the future. And if they say, yeah, but you always, mm, let's not talk about we, who always does what. Let's talk about what we're going to do differently from now on. Yeah, I mean, and you can even, like if they say, well, you're the one who, who lost it. So, like, look, Maybe, maybe not, but that doesn't help us solve the question about where are we going to get the supplies for the party. So, what are your thoughts about that? Right. So you, you don't you don't take it on. It's not about. And you know, honestly, just a public service announcement here to to to, to parents especially. We need to stop focusing in our parenting on blame. You know, whose fault was this? Who did this? Anything, who, yeah. It's not about who did what. It's not about the. It's about. What are we going to do to fix this together? There's a problem here, so how can we work together to, re- to clean up this mess, to address this problem? That's what we ought to be doing as parents or as spouses or as families. Not the whole, well, we've got to figure out you know, who, to, who to 
Who to blame? Prosecute. Yeah. So that so that they can be the responsible party. That's even never if somebody works. comes up and says in in a situation, I I am the one to blame. I lost the party <laughs> supplies. I was I was cleaning out my garage and I guess I threw the box away and didn't realize it. I I'm the one to blame. You still don't, you have, still the don't have party supplies. supplies. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so we get very caught up in the blame game and it does nothing but create woundedness. And so to be able to say for yourself here, Sharon, in the future, write it down on, in the future, I am going to look for a way to problem solve the situation so that we're focusing on what needs to be done or be done differently in future interactions. And if somebody tries to suck me into the blame game, I'm not going to worry about how they see it or how I see it because we are going to see it differently. I am going to take my power back and focus on how we should do things differently, no matter how many times they try to drag me into that other conversation. I'm going to keep going back like a broken record to, okay, this is not working. How do we want to do this differently in the future? Yeah. So, Sharon, don't feel bad about this. Like you and literally everybody else who's listening does exactly the same thing. Because That's just how it's we're trained. what humans do. But um, the good news is you don't have to actually agree on whose fault it was or you know, who did what or who started it or what. None of that matters. If you can just agree that you didn't like the way it happened, then you can have a conversation about how can we intentionally plan to do it differently moving forward. Or how can we make sure that we're addressing the problem that's in front of us instead of arguing about whose fault it was? Because even if you identify, like Lisa said, even if you identify who was at fault, you still got to solve the problem. So why not just cut out the middleman and solve the problem right from the start? And take away a lot of the pain that goes with it because it's the present day pain. It's the dredged up pain. It's the every time anybody on the face of the planet didn't affirm us pain gets all dredged back up again. And it just leaves us in a place of woundedness and feeling less than. But if we can say, okay, wait a minute, I don't like how this argument went or whatever the situation is, but in the, the example you use, Greg, if you and I are disagreeing about something, I, I love you more than my point and more than my hurt feelings. So while we both see this differently, how can we have this conversation differently in the future so we're not hurting each other. Well, I mean, since, since you're, you know, since you bring that back up again, I mean, you know, we, the, the big concern that a lot of people have is, well, well, what, but what if there needs to be an apology? What, you know, how, what if we did something wrong? How do we, well, you're handling that by talking about how we do it differently next time, right? right? So I, I, you know, I might not agree that I said thus and such the way you say I said it, but I can agree the next time we talk that I'm going to make sure to say it this way. Right. And in that, I am undoing the damage that you felt that I did and vice versa. So it, that's even better than an apology. And because, we can even yeah. go so far as to say we might see this differently, but I'm sorry that your feelings were hurt, that something I said or did hurt your feelings. Let's talk about how to do this that's differently right. so it doesn't happen again. And in talking about it the way we are in this more solution focused way, it gives us both the space to kind of save face and say, 
you know, I am sorry if I came off poorly. You know, I am sorry if. Uh, but but more importantly, we've already committed to doing something specific differently next time, which is what actually heals the wound. So, you know, you don't have to worry that, oh, but I won't get the apology or I won't get the... the no, you'll actually get more progress by approaching it this way uh, because you're actually resolving to do something different and healthier. Uh, Sharon, hopefully that gives you a way forward with it and and, uh, and gives you kind of a new perspective on this whole thing. If you'd like to learn more about this, you can check out uh, the discussion in, in my book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. We do talk about this a bit more in there. You can also check out other resources that we have at catholiccounselors.com. Hey, also, I want to uh, give a heads up, you know, as Sharon was saying, family conflict is a pretty common thing. We do talk a lot about how to manage conflict within families in our brand new resource, catholichom.com. It's actually, you can download the app at catholichom at the Apple Store and Google Play. It's a resource to help Catholic families really live the life that God is calling them to, to love more meaningfully, to connect more deeply, and to care more generously for each other. Check it out, catholichom.com, stands for Catholic Households on Mission. God bless. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.